Hello everyone, I am C.D. Danny Mac of the Undisputed Future Podcast, launching a new segment today, C.D.'s Solo Shoots. Now the purpose of this is to just do a couple quick bits, a few minutes a week, on the newest alumni called up to either Raw or SmackDown from NXT, any storylines of note with some of my favorite NXT alumni, and just to get a bit of a more general outlook on the world of professional wrestling in the main roster of WWE, and just a couple things outside of the general NXT episode review. So the first things I want to cover are Asuka's debut at TLC, Bobby Roode taking on Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown Live, and what is going on with the King of the Cruiserweights, former NXT champion. Of course, I'm talking about Neville's most recent departure. I think he can be used elsewhere in the WWE, but I'm going to jump into Asuka's conversation first, a call-up the NXT Universe has been waiting on for quite some time, finally happened against Emma at TLC just this past Sunday. Asuka taking on Emma in what I thought was a pretty good match. I thought it was not as good as their TakeOver London match, but it's kind of like comparing apples and oranges in that scenario because one had an extended rivalry. It was still all about breaking the Asuka's streak in NXT. And also there was the Dana Brooke involvement because it was Team END against Asuka at the time, Dana Brooke being an outside distraction. So you had her to bounce back on as far as tension and storyline and will Emma win through dirty means. And there was a lot going on during the TakeOver match. And of course, that London crowd, really raucous, really not safe for work language, which I always get a kick out of as an American viewer, because our crowds kind of seem tame in comparison to that. But Asuka's match at TLC, I thought it was very good. I thought Emma also came out looking good in a loss. Asuka's undefeated streak continues. And probably another notable thing taking away from this is people already turning on Asuka. Now, you're not going to satisfy everybody, but the Asuka match did its job. It made Emma look good. It kept Asuka's undefeated streak alive. It showed her explosive and sudden offense. And everything from the entrance and presentation really sold Asuka as a character. You knew her as a dominating, mysterious force. And that all came with the entrance. I like the new lighting effect. There's just been a couple things added to Asuka, but keeping the same presentation. It's really all a matter of what the future and what the booking consists of in the next upcoming months or so. I don't see Asuka going down as an immediate NXT flop like a couple people have come up in the past. I don't see her getting shortchanged like I feel Shinsuke Nakamura has been as of late, especially considering uh, the most recent WWE title hunt with two not great matches in my opinion. Of course, I could point fingers at his opponents and all that other stuff, but I'm going to go back to Asuka and say that Asuka's not doomed on sight as far as the main roster call-up so far. She beat Emma at TLC. She had another good match with her on Monday Night Raw. I think Emma's shot in the spotlight can be with these most recent working with Asuka. If it shows that she can work with a big promising talent like Asuka so consistently and so well, I think it will do just as good things for Emma as it can do for Asuka. Now, of course, Asuka is going to be moving on up. I think the undefeated streak is going to stay alive. I think she's going to be the one to take the title away from Alexa Bliss. None of that comes as a surprise, 
but I really think there's got to be something to shake up Asuka's character and a storyline on the main roster to really keep some of her fans guessing. She's been champion for over 524 days already. Where could you possibly go from there to keep somebody interesting? You could keep that undefeated streak alive and really create some aura around who is going to be the first to defeat Asuka. It's not great that her interest in who's going to beat her, but it still shows Asuka's dominance with the undefeated streak continuing, as well as that aforementioned over 500 days as champion. So Asuka's streak is going to be, Asuka's character rather, is going to be built on the streak, much like Goldberg's was already surpassing that undefeated streak, already surpassing that match streak and Asuka's story just going to continue from there. I don't believe it was an immediate flop. I don't believe that everybody should all of a sudden turn on her just because of how she was written. It's been a mere two days that she's been on main WWE television. I've been seeing a lot of, oh, I never liked her matches, and just all this usual, just this usual nonsense that comes up when NXT superstars get called up to Raw or SmackDown. And on that transition, I'm going to talk about Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode's transition to SmackDown Live has not been something I expected because of the babyface turn, and Dolph Ziggler just kind of seems to fill that role of, oh, some next big deal from NXT got called up, let's throw him in a rivalry with Ziggler. I don't think that's great because I also believe Dolph Ziggler deserves a lot better, but I also think Bobby Roode as a babyface is not working as well. Bobby Roode came in with a great reaction in NXT, and in one single promo, you set him loose, and he got the audience to turn on him. He went all narcissistic and greater than thou, and it was excellent. It was a complete polar opposite reaction from when he started walking down the entrance ramp from when he was walking back up towards the locker room. This it's all being sold because of an entrance. Now, I don't normally, I don't agree storyline-wise with Dolph Ziggler, but based on somebody who's watched Bobby Roode's entire NXT run, I think his character right now is just an entrance, and it stems from the babyface run. I don't think Bobby Roode is a guy who's meant to actively get you to cheer for him. I think he should just go out there, be the same character he was in NXT, and let it organically work from there. It's going to be a 50-50 reaction. It was in NXT. You're always going to get that strong reaction for the glorious theme song, but let him do heel antics. Let him taunt his opponent. Let him win with a dirty roll-up or a low blow. Let him be the Bobby Roode that I know as NXT champion. I don't see Dolph Ziggler as the stronger heel in this rivalry. That's also something that has to do with it. That babyface Dolph Ziggler that was fighting for the Intercontinental Championship and fighting for his career, that was the most interesting Dolph Ziggler, in my opinion, since his Money in the Bank cash-in and that limited World Heavyweight Championship reign. I like Dolph Ziggler's potential as a heel, but he's not a stronger heel than Bobby Roode. I don't think this storyline is really helping either of them. I don't think it's doing justice to how Bobby Roode could have made an impact on SmackDown Live, but we'll see what happens in a 2 out of 3 falls match this next upcoming week, and that winner will go on to join Survivor Series Team Blue after that awesome Under Siege segment on this past Monday Night Raw, which Dolph Ziggler also addressed that him and Bobby Roode working together was to fight a common enemy, not a show of mutual respect. And I wish there was some mutual respect between Neville and WWE management right now. I don't know what's going on. I've been reading a lot of the reports. Neville walked out on the company. He was scripted to lose to Enzo Amore. Queen, 
I don't know if it was scheduled to be a Lumberjack match until Kalisto was made his opponent. I've been reading around. I've been trying to keep up as much as I can. I just don't see Neville stepping away from 205 Live and WWE as a whole. Actually, I see him stepping away from 205 Live. I think the reign of the King of the Cruiserweights is over, and I think it could have been ended by that no-contact clause. I think violating that no-contact clause to the extent that Neville did could have sent him in a trade for Kalisto on SmackDown Live. I think that could have been an excellent way to position Neville and to get him out of that pigeonhole of the, oh, I can only combat with other cruiserweights. Because we've seen Neville combat with bigger and better and more notable opponents. I remember seeing him clash with Kevin Owens just off the top of my head on many, many occasions. I remember him having absolute classics with the Dudley Boys at Sami Zayn's side as a tag team partner. All during a babyface run, all during his man that gravity forgot before the King of the Cruiserweights kicked in as a character. But I think the King of the Cruiserweights and this new Neville that we see can fit in very well elsewhere in WWE. I think Neville needs to leave the 205 Live roster and go to the other WWE Network exclusive roster, the WWE United Kingdom Championship roster. I think Neville hunting down that title would be great. I think Neville coming in as the king of the cruiserweights and shifting away from that to be the king of the United Kingdom and having absolute classics with guys like the bruiserweight Pete Dunne, with Tyler Bate, with Wolfgang, with Joseph Connors, who's a very underrated talent, with my favorite in the division, Mark Andrews. There's just so many guys I'd like to see Neville collide with in that division. The only match he had in that UK tournament was a match with Tommy End, now known as NXT's Aleister Black, and I thought that match was excellent. I think that that kind of chemistry and Neville's ability can launch him into this United Kingdom division, and I think it opens up the door for him to interact with more opponents than just guys who are 205 pounds and below. I don't think that does a talent like Neville any justice. I think we've seen him be impressive with the heavyweight division before, and I would love to see him collide with some of the world's best talents in that UK division right now. I don't want to see Neville leave WWE. I've been watching him too long in the WWE since his NXT championship reign. Hell, I've been a Neville fan, honestly, since that NXT arrival ladder match with Bo Dallas. That was my first exposure to him, and he blew me away almost immediately. The guy can move. He's an unbelievable talent. He's one of a kind with the stuff he can do in the ring, off the top rope. His submission game has come stronger as a heel. The guy is such a multifaceted talent. You can't afford to lose a guy like that. Throw him in with some other worldwide, world-known famous talents in that UK division and let him tear it up with Mustache Mountain, the Bruiserweight, Mark Andrews, Joseph Connors, Wolfgang, the list goes on and on. Anybody who competed in that tournament, I would love to see lock up with Neville. I don't want to see Neville get wasted on 205 Live, and I don't want to see a former NXT champion unhappy with his position in WWE. Alright everyone, I just had a couple of topics on my mind. That Neville thing really struck hard with me. But thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the segment. I'm looking to do many more of these. My current work schedule opens up a little bit more time for me to focus on the podcast 
I'm looking for new segments. I'm looking for new conversation topics. I'm not going to forget about somebody once they got called up from the NXT roster to Raw or to SmackDown. I love Survivor Series. It's my favorite pay-per-view. I'm going to try and keep active on the social media and even doing a few segments off to the side once in a while with that story build going on. I mentioned that Under Siege segment a little while ago. I loved it. I can't wait to see how Raw retaliates, but I'm personally Team Blue. Actually, I'm Team NXT, and I'd love to see another invasion angle for me to bring up on an episode of the Undisputed Future podcast, but please stay tuned with me. Follow the Twitter at podcast underscore UF. Follow the Instagram, Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. Find me on Facebook. Keep at the Twitter. Keep responding to me. Keep up the conversation. Thank you for everybody getting me to over 200 followers this past week. It's been awesome. I hope you enjoyed listening to this. The next time you'll hear from me will be Undisputed Future Podcasts episode 29, and I'll be talking about the 16-woman battle royal who is going on to NXT TakeOver Houston in that NXT Women's Championship matchup, joining May Young Classic winner Kyrie Sane, one half of the iconic duo Peyton Royce, and the mythic warrior Ember Moon, who's getting that fourth spot. Tweet at me your guesses. The road to NXT TakeOver War Games continues, and you'll hear all the coverage right here with me and the Undisputed Future Podcast.